So for the past couple of weeks, myself and Ali Monroy at DNVR, we've been taking a class at MSU Denver Online. And I got to say, I didn't know how I would feel going back to school after I hadn't been there for a while, but a couple weeks in and I'm loving it. And I don't know if I would necessarily love it if I was just taking an online class at any random university, but MSU Denver Online gives you all the keys you need. They have awesome professors, one of whom has been on our podcast before, Dr. Travis Heath, who teaches at MSU Denver Online. He's been on our podcast before. I would just take a class just to listen to that guy speak for an hour a day. Um, So they have awesome teachers who help you out with whatever you need. If you send an email, they're going to respond, you know, within a couple minutes, like 10, 20 minutes at the most. Uh, They're always on top of their stuff. One of MSU's mantras is learn to lead the change and they also believe in value without compromise. Excellent education at a great price. Professors who care about you and formats that fit your life. If you're a first time freshman, if you're an existing student, if you're looking to go back to school and finish your degree, they will work with you. And like I said, they have the teachers and resources to really make it worth your while. So check out their entire class list online and maybe one of those courses is gonna be right for you. Watch to see Vince Carter, who had told Kenny Smith that he has four dunks that no one has ever seen. Right here is Vince Carter with his first stop. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's, let's go home. Let's go home. going against the grain that is unbelievable this building just exploded and perfect on the scoreboard best dunk of all best best dunk contest dunk of all time effortless too effortless for Hey, it's 8 o'clock. It's a Thursday night. You hear the music. You know what time it is. You know what's happening. It's the DNBA show. I'm your host, Brendan Vogt. I'm joined by uh, the same guys I'm always joined by. Above me, it's Eric Weedle, also known as D-Lanco. Yeah, old news. Who cares? Move on. <laughs> Over it, right? To the yeah. left of Eric, um, I'll just let the viewers guess. <laughs> oh, they can't. They're not on the show. Oh, it's Harrison Wind. Harrison, what's up? Guys, we're presented by Manscaped. Let's go. Your balls will thank Your you. Your balls will thank you. And below, Harrison, ready to bring the energy as always. It's Adam Manos. Adam, what's up, man? Living my best. Living the dream. <laughs> we are not supposed to be alone tonight. We are expecting special guest Paul Klee. Got a lot to talk about with him. But as we wait Any minute now. For, for the great Paul Klee, <laughs> we'll open with uh, the news of the day. The great Vince Carter is retiring 22 year, 22 seasons, excuse me, in the NBA. He retires as one of five players in NBA history to score more than 25,000 points, grab more than 5,000 rebounds, dish out more than 4,000 assists, and make more than 500 three-pointers. Those other four are Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Paul Pierce, and LeBron James. Uh, Eric, your instant reaction to a legend stepping away, Vince Carter, he's hanging it up. Well... <laughs> I mean, obviously, sign of the times. What a bummer. But he's also been playing for my entire life as far as I'm yeah. I, I don't ever remember Vince Carter not playing. Um, I, I'm a little surprised he's still in the league, if I'm being honest. But, you know, what a bummer. Like, you know, you never want to see a legend step away. 
Wade, what are you going to remember most about... At some uh, point, you want to see a Legends to Toledo. <laughs> yeah, it was probably, might have been time uh, yeah. for Vince. What are you going to remember most about Vince Carter, Wade? Definitely not any of those stats you rattled off. I'm just going to remember the 2000 dunk contest. Probably true. That's what yeah. I'm going to remember about Vince Carter. I feel like that's uh, his defining moment of his entire career, right? I, I, what about dunking over the dude in the Olympics? That might be it, too, yeah. Is it Frederick? What, what was his name? Something Weiss. Frederick Weiss. Weiss. Yeah. yeah, and like his life was then ruined afterwards. Wasn't that the, <laughs> the story? That, like, that's true. Well, that's a dark ending to the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Adam, sorry, well, Vince, Vince probably has to be one of like the best players to be known as a dunker, right? Like he was a he was a four tool basketball well, player, maybe really good. But I do think people are going to remember him for the dunks as a dunker, even though he had more. Well, dunks. so here's the thing about hanging around because he played 22 seasons. You just said right, like yeah, you guys. No, I'm not trying to like like old man you here, but for it. 22 years. So he was last in his prime about a decade ago. So really a majority of your adult lives watching him, you've known the post-prime version of him, which is, I think, kind of funny because you're right that he is, in my opinion, the best dunker of, of all time. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a little bit. Yeah. But he was a legitimately really good player. It just was so long ago that he's been this role player for like seven years now. <laughs> It's crazy. A lot of different phases in Vince Carter's career. I remember seeing him play when I was still in high school with the Nets, watching him warm up and thinking, man, this guy's only got so much left. He was on the Nets. The last <laughs> time he, his ago. last year on the Nets was 2009. 2009. That was my senior year of high school. Do you, what do you think of him Long as, Harrison? Time ago. Do you think of him as a, uh, as a Raptor or a Net or something else? Probably Raptor, just because of the uh, dunk contest. But I remember those Nets teams kind of vividly, him and Jay Kidd and Richard Jefferson. Um, But probably a Raptor. Probably a Raptor. Yeah, it's interesting. I think he's got to be a Raptor, and I see that as someone In the purple, absolutely. I mean, like, that. it was the defining player. Yeah, absolutely. That that purple uniform, Vince Carter. I mean, those two goes hand hand in hand. I actually forgot he was on the Nets. But he's been almost... I, I'll remember him as the guy that said he admit, that admitted not trying for a whole season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been the season I saw him play. But. Yeah. Vince spans just so many eras. It's kind of funny, man. But um, I will say he segued really nicely. Maybe the nicest I've ever seen a superstar first option player segue into a role player mm. outside of Andre Godala. But Andre Godala wasn't as popular as Vince Carter. Vince Carter was very sure. popular, very well-known, very good. Give him the ball, get out of the way kind of guy. And then he segued into, yeah, I'll stand in the corner. I'll, I'll, I'll move around and do these basic things. <laughs> For a long time, right? Like totally swallowed the, that ego if it was there and was to be able to play more basketball, to stay in the league, to do what he loves. He, he completely changed his approach in a way that not a lot of guys of his caliber have, really. Yeah. What do we think about the way he ended his career? Because he was on the Hawks for these last two years who were one of the worst teams in the league. He was on the Kings before that, another terrible team. A lot of future Hall of Famers would try to ride it out for a championship and you know, join up one of those teams. Vince Carter's like, I still want to play like 15, 20 minutes a game. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, re- I respect it. I, I respect I it. Too. Yeah. I do too, man, to be honest with you. I don't think there's like a right or wrong way to go out at the very end. We talk about Millsap all the time about like why would he leave this or that. But maybe he pulls a Vince Carter, goes to Atlanta. They miss the playoffs, and he but he gets to play 27 minutes. And it's just like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Um, who knows? But he was, just, here's another story, though, I want to say about him that you youngins probably don't know. I, I love that I get to do this sometimes, <laughs> especially about a guy that entered the league two and a half decades ago. He was not 
the better of the two prospects coming out of college. Anton Jamison, if you guys recall at North Carolina, Anton Jamison was the guy at that team. And Vince had a lot of upside. So there were people that, you know, obviously thought he had more upside. But Anton Jamison was number one. Vince Carter was number two. And that is a hilarious thing to think back on. So yeah, they entered the, they entered the league at the same time? Yeah, I'm, I'm, man, I can't. I'm done. Now you're asking me. I can't. I, I don't remember if they went. Fact check it live here. Yeah, yeah, fact check it live, guy. But I don't know if they entered the draft the exact same year. I think they did, but they were together in North Carolina at the same time, both as, okay. as well, freshmen. When did Anton Jamison retire? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> a like long t- time 10 ago, years ago? Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Anton Jamison would have been better in the later, in like this last decade than he was in his own time because he was like a versatile. Bigger guy, yeah. You know, he was like a up. playmaking four type guy. Yeah, he retired uh, in 2014, six years. 2014, ago. Okay. <laughs> okay, guy. I don't know six if you have ago. this this stat ready. Maybe we can do a little sweet live production magic here. But um, this one, this stat I'm about to rattle off comes from Tommy Beer at Tommy Beer on Twitter. Vince Carter has played with or against 38 percent of all oh, players that. who have ever played in the history <laughs> of the NBA. He has There's been no teammates. Way. Or matched up against 1,672. Zoom the, in on that bad boy. Of the 4,509 players who have ever played in the league. That is one of my favorite stats in any sport. Um, and yeah. we always talk so much about how the game has changed, even in just five-year windows. This is a dude who's figured out how to how to survive, catch his minutes, stay relevant across <clears throat> multiple areas. I swear, how could that possibly be true? That's insane. Well, there was the NBA is a little younger <laughs> Than wow, than Major League Baseball, I mean, right? Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, there there's was, like a lot of baseball players who have ever. Played. There is a weird stat that I had seen one time that it was it was something like every champion since like 1979 has had one player that has played with Shaq, and it, <laughs> right, it, it right. goes it goes back way before he entered the league, and obviously way after. And it's still true somehow. Well, I, so. I saw somebody do like a five degrees of separation with Vince Carter, where it was like Vince Carter played against, um, I don't know, like. Uh, Rick Mahorn, who played against somebody, and like four players later was like Bill Russell. That should four players, I think, would it'd be a lot though. I almost wonder if it is fewer than that. I mean, yeah, thirty-seven percent. Like you're already <laughs> one third of the way there. Do we like, like Vince Carter? But what is people's take? Like, what's favorability? See, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's he stuck around long enough that it swung all the way back around. Absolutely. There, what's the knock on him? He didn't win a championship. Is that the knock? I think I think there was a stretch in his career where it didn't seem like he was necessarily trying super hard. I don't know if that's fair or not, but in in the sort of like that 2010 to 2014ish range, that's how I thought of him. Oh, and I would even I would even go before that. I think the if my impression of the late 90s to mid 2000s was that there was a lot of superstars that didn't seem to really care about winning. They just seemed to be about everything. And he Cash fell into that. Checks. To me, he fell into that group of it where it was like, what do you mean you spent a whole year not trying? You had a team. You had like things you could have been doing. But you, and and he was one of those guys, the Marberries, the Spreewell. There was a whole era of really talented, really right. exciting players, but but I think he just stuck around so long that he became Absolutely. one of everyone's He's... favorite, you know. Not only are there fun stats to rattle off every time he hits the court, but even the youngest guys, right, who have only been in the league a few years, they're still stoked to see Vince Harrison. You, you put that quote out today from Jamal Murray. I'll paraphrase, but he's just as excited to see Vince more starstruck yeah. than he is Kobe or LeBron. Well, that's Toronto, yeah. too. 
Yeah. 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 He's definitely like swung around from being like a player on somebody else's team that you had feelings about. He was either on your team or against your team to just being an institution. Like you can't not like Vince Carter. He he represents too many like uh, big moments in the NBA, and he played with thirty seven percent of all players. I don't know if you guys knew this. <laughs> he's also cool, right? Like, and, and, yeah, I don't know. He is very cool. Vince Carter is, is, very is cool. he the best dunker ever? I don't know if that would be a unanimous answer, but I bet he would get the lion's share of first place votes if we pulled. You know who I'm really curious what their take is on Vince Carter? Who's that? The, the Colorado Springs Gazette's Paul Klee. Interesting. Well, yeah, I really... Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, wow. There he is! <laughs> All right. Welcome to the party. There he is. Yeah. Oh, the crowd loves it. Wow. Unbelievable. Paul, how's it hanging, man? How you been? This is the most socialization I've had in four months. This is great. <laughs> I bet you more than anyone. You probably just went straight to the mountains, found a little quiet spot, and uh, never left. Yeah, yeah I, I was on the side of a mountain since February. So once uh, <laughs> once you I guys invited me on this show, I brought the camper back and had to say hi to some good basketball people. There we go. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't see a, a really social man hanging a poster of fish behind himself. <laughs> it seems yeah, like the, yeah, that seems okay. like the decoration of the of the lonely man. <laughs> I love it. They make me happy. Yeah. Have you gotten a lot of uh, fly fishing in, Paul? I don't know if there's a season for that. I don't know how it works. Funny story about that. Um, It's year round. Okay. (laughs) Um, I actually, I actually always alive. I didn't for a long time there until June first. I kind of shut it down, and uh, did what they told me to do. And then June first, I said, "I'm going fly fishing." I figured. You're not supposed to fly fish. Is that like? Is that? We're not supposed to be doing that either. But they had the thing up in the mountains where they didn't necessarily necessarily want uh, that's right from down here, and so I yeah that's right. You know, I, w- I want uh, Eagle County and Summit County to be there for a while, so gotcha. I left them alone. But I got out the last couple of weeks. It was good. It's good to see you guys. Good Great to see you, to see you too. It feels like another lifetime ago, doesn't Spe- it? But, speaking uh, of, here's a. Ooh! Oh wow! Did you tie that? It looks like yeah. a. Uh, that looks like a Salem crawler, right? That's a, uh, it's called a circus circus peanut. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would have guessed yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah. We need a show where sure. he shows us flies and we just pretend we know we come up with names for them. I mean, I if that's not. a circus peanut, we could probably throw out some pretty good guesses for whatever. Yeah, yeah there's a uh, the same line comes with the uh, the sex dungeon, yeah. you know, the baby ganga. That would be Eric's favorite. Yep. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Just last so, week on this very show, Paul, I think Adam said that fishing seems to be all luck. Can you set the record straight there? Because that seems like he's selling I, for, the, the, the rec- game short. The, co- the competitive fishing where the guys are on the boats and they're just like and, throwing the water right. out. And then that, that graphic that ranked the difficulty of all sports, fishing came in very last. It was yeah. the easiest on all of it. No, that's probably true because you're successful even if you don't do it right. That's such a good, that's such a, wow. that's the right answer. That <laughs> yeah. is the right answer. Already right. Dropped I'll tell you what though, bat nuggets wise, I've been trying to get Michael Malone on a river here for about two years. So hopefully that'll come to fruition at some point. Well, I'm sure now more than ever, he's like, <laughs> he has the patience and temperament for fishing. I feel. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Right. Do, do a rage cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Paul, we're talking about the retirement of the great Vince Carter after yes. 22 NBA yes. seasons. And we were just starting the discussion of, of do, do we think this is the best dunker of all time? Is that the way people think of him? He's obviously up there. Paul, Paul, is, is he to you? And, and who are some of the other names you think? Oh boy. Present, present company excluded, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see Mata's Ad, Adam's thrown down a dunk once. Yeah. Maybe. Probably I, 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 I have one played. cool dunk in my life. All the other dunks are like Thomas Welsh dunks. 
Tell us about the cooldown. What, what's, what was that yeah, necessary? What's the I just said it, it, was, it was just happened to be like the perfect, like the, the stars aligned for players to jump and miss and got him. It was the only time it has ever been like a cool looking one. The rest of them are just very Tim Duncan-esque. Utilitarian, yeah. 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 It's fine, it's efficient. You don't waste much. any energy with those. <laughs> yeah. There was one at Carolina that, um, this was a long time ago, 22 years, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it was, was it Ed Coda that was his point guard? Someone like that. There was a Coda there. Yeah, they threw it off the backboard to him, and it was, it was in the Dean Dome. And yeah. I, I got to, I have to apologize for something real quick. I was a Duke fan back then. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Well, thanks for I, apologizing. apology. Not I'm, accepted. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that you're you're Gonzaga guy now. That's a much better like I, I yeah. Gonzaga. I, I can feel that. I can't feel Duke. Yeah. No, I can't either. Because <laughs> Coach K yelled at me. Did he really? <laughs> oh, we're gonna need that yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. Wait for Maui. Did Maui you earn it? Did you deserve it? Probably. Um, <laughs> but is it the Maui Invitational? It's after a Duke Illinois game, and I can't remember what I asked. I can't remember yesterday sometimes. But it was. Uh, he said something like, "Have you ever watched this play?" And in my head, I'm thinking, "Yeah, since I could walk, I watched Duke play." But uh, from that point on, I said, "I got to find a new team." And luckily, I attended Gonzaga University. Some people might say the Harvard of the West. And, um, Many people are saying. So my fan, my fandom changed since 1998. But I would say Vince is the best dunker. Um, I have I have a take. I think there is a chance Zion Williamson will pass him. I know this is always the recency bias thing, but there's so many dunkers that I think are really good. Maybe not necessarily unique. They just jump higher, more power, or whatever. But Zion is the first one where I I think he jumps as high as Vince does, and he weighs as much as Charles Barkley. And it, it it doesn't none of his dunks make sense to me. Right, he's got that quick second jump too. I think um, yeah yeah I, I think it is Vince. That's a really good question. I you know I, I was the... a huge Iverson fan growing up. I was an Iverson Georgetown fan, and. Yeah. Um, you get, look back at some of the stuff that he did, you know, his, his ankles are like, you know, our wrists. He's just a little guy and he was dunking on people, but he's not a pure dunker, I guess. Yeah. Uh, when when he man. dunked it, though, it looked cool. It did look really cool. Mike, really quickly, really... putting you on the spot with this, but can you think of some, some great college dunkers that maybe didn't make that transition so we wouldn't yeah, know about them as one. much? That's well, Brandon one. Clark is going to be one of those, but mm -hmm. he, he did it, you know, he did it on a big stage. He beat Zion, yeah. Zion once. Um, He's good. College dunkers, gosh. Dante Jones, I remember being an incredible dunk mm, dunker. Yeah, he had one. He had a big one at Duke. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, JR would have been on that 05 Carolina team. Mm. And you would have added that to Marvin Williams. and yeah, <laughs> That was my favorite college team ever. Guys. Yeah, they were something. Felton, Sean May, McCants, right, Marvin yeah. Williams. Yeah, oh, they the final four. They were something else. And then you think they would have added J.R. Smith to that. If he would have been in college, it might have been J.R. What a weird fit that would be. <laughs> I can't picture J.R. in college. Yeah, you have to say J.R. in college. His top dunk highlights are, are really underrated. Sean, Sean May, by the way, I love that we're talking college hoops, especially these way back in the day guys. Sean May was good. He had a little Jokic to him. He didn't stick in the league. I'm telling you, it was a little bit of a Yeah, he had great hands and great, like, really quick feet, too. Yeah, he was good. Soft touch. Yeah, that Cincinnati, those Cincinnati teams with uh, the human helicopter and those guys, they had some dunkers. Yeah. Here we yeah. got we have a, like a, some rolls here of dunks. This this Zion one to me, this is one of the most impressive college dunks I've ever seen. And these angles are good, but the third and last angle, I mean, he really does fly. And look he at his floats. Body. He floats. 
Look at his body. He is an enormous human being, and he just jumped. I mean, this one right here, you really get a feel for it. And it's just like, oh my goodness. I do think he is like the confluence of size. Dude, he's like still going up at the rim. Like, <laughs> Your he's brain still going up when he's throwing it in. It's not a dunk, but remember that that play where he blocked the jumper, and there's the photo of him just. Oh like, yeah, just. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've just never seen someone do <laughs> yeah. like that. It's so true. The were you a fan of that Zion Williamson one? Is that? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask. Well, I was asking Mr. Cleve. So we have Dominique was before my time, but whenever you ask, like if you ask Hastings, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you actually played with him, but if you ask Hastings, Nick is always at the top of his list. Do you have a sense for him and and? sort of where he ranks among this conversation? You know, I think I think Dominic Wilkins, if we can make a Nuggets tie-in here, he had a conversation. You guys might – you probably heard about this, but he came up to Michael Porter Jr. before a Nuggets game this oh, wow. year and uh, had a long conversation with with Porter. Um, it, was, it was pretty deep stuff. Now, I don't know if it will come across deep coming from me, but he just – he said, you know – Take your time. Your time's going to come. There's a process you have to go through. I went through it. Everybody went through it. Don't get frustrated, that sort of thing. And uh, it told me a little bit about Nick. You know, he's looking out for a young yeah. guy that is riding the bench right now, and he's never done that before. And um, It also said a lot, too, because actually now that I think about it, Porter came up to him and initiated the conversation during warm-ups. Oh, wow. So he's got a little bit of a, a grasp of basketball history and, I mean, Dominic Wilkins, man. If, we say this a lot, but today's NBA, that guy would have been just fine. There's some guys that translate in any era, and he was some. Yeah. What, what about um? What about like really young Blake Griffin? Do you remember the dunks mm, Blake yeah, Griffin would throw down? Up, man. Oh, perfect. Here we yeah, go. Oh my yeah. goodness. The thing about Blake is that. It wasn't like a dunk contest guy or an exit. He was the in-game dunker. He was yeah, the um, ultimate yeah. power dunker of yeah, today's game. Exactly, power, man. What I, are you talking it, about, though? He jumped over that Kia, remember? <laughs> <laughs> this stretch, though, he had like a, a two- to three-month stretch here where all these dunks were happening. Oh, oh, he time. had like one of these a week. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Pretty oh, incredible stuff. And then Dude, actually, man. when you think about it, that he really came into the NBA – Known for this, this was most of his skill set. To think about where he is now, one of the more underrated transitions. Yeah, sure. Nuggets like him a lot. They've they've uh, moved in there a couple times to see if they can get something done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they never did. Good <laughs> hey, well, when we uh, on the other like side of this break, we'll rate some dunks I, ourselves. I did when he was like 24, 23. <laughs> we'll rate some dunks ourselves on the other side of this break, and then we'll get into the meat on the bone of this discussion. But when what you want to take us into a break, brother? Yeah, well, I would love to be sipping one of these if I was fly fishing with Paul in the mountains. But uh, the 15 can sampler from Breck Brew. Some are calling it the Jokic Pack. Many people. Some are, are. calling it the 15 can sampler. Yeah. But uh, you can pick those up from Davidson's. They have Jokic likes to pickup and delivery. Jokic that- likes to fish. He always talks about the river in Sambor that he likes to fish at. Yeah, but apparently I, I was told because I wrote a story where I wrote about that river and how he and Malone went fishing on it. You're not supposed to eat the fish out of that river. <laughs> wow. You're not supposed to eat the fish out of the uh, Great Bocce Canal. All right. Well, well wow. that was like from Confluence Park. That's what I was told. Great yeah. pool there. That's a great pool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, make sure to pick up the uh, 15 can sampler or the Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. And before we go any further, the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. Luckily for all of us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered for a limited time. 
For a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. And good news because this week is full of action. We've got golf this week, and we've got the EPL. We've got soccer. We've got the KBO, of course. And the DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered on all of those fronts. That's not all. Head to their app now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. DraftKings, of course, is based right here in the U.S. It's not one of those sketchy offshore sites where you bet, you win, and you're like, all right, how do I get this money? Are they going to send me a check? Is it checking a cash? You don't have to worry about that with DraftKings. Direct deposit. It's as easy as that. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up because for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get your sign-up bonus for up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonuses comprise of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 5224700. Guy, our producer guy in the back should have a few dunks queued up for us here. We're just going to do an impromptu dunk oh, contest, guy. Oh, rate, it. rate it, baby. Rate, rate it. it. Really simple. So let's uh, let's see dunk number one if you're ready. Super producer. Guy. With great hands and strip. Ahead of the back. Showtime. Oh, no. Super. Yeah, maybe well, don't that, have the volume. That was the on loudest this. thing I've ever. Heard. <laughs> it's like online with D line, but like way worse. Wow. Yeah. You good there, guys? Right. I have no control over the volume. That was a twelve. <laughs> that was the yeah, loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> All right, Paul. The, the dunk itself, one through ten, rate it, brother. That was a twelve. Twelve? Yeah. yeah, that was an end game. <laughs> Something or other. Right. Who with the Nuggets now or before? Could pull that off. Maybe Jack. Maybe. JR. Maybe, but JR. probably not. Probably not, though. He'd try it. I was trying to think of who the best Nuggets dunkers are because for me, you have McDice is probably one of the better power power dunkers. JR. David Thompson, yeah. David. Oh, David Thompson's number one. What are we talking about? <laughs> Skywalker, <laughs> baby. Easily number mm-hmm. one. His summit, he, you know, there's only like five highlights of him on YouTube that you could find. I mean, he's before my time, but all five yeah. are incredible. Yeah. No, All right, well, let's roll the dice on the audio. Well, okay. uh, maybe, maybe if Guy just wants to share his screen and then he can turn the volume off that way, would that be yeah, that, easier? That might not work. Whatever works for you, Guy. <laughs> I'm ready to roll the dice. I've turned my volume down. What are you thinking? <laughs> dice, I, let's I'm see what happens. I did not sure. even see the last dunk. I did I not either. Just do the whole compilation if you want. Let's just try one more and we'll see it. We'll see how we do, guy. <laughs> Let's play the play finale thing. on the first round for Vince Carter. Oh, I'll tell you what, that's the it's best over. that's the best like um finisher, like the, the point, the double finger point. Cause that's that's what doesn't happen enough in dunk contests these days. These guys don't have enough charisma. That's so true. Like that that's was half true. of mm-hmm. what made that dunk contest so good because Vince just owned it. Yeah. I think okay. He had some of the best dunks I've ever seen, but it was both. It was both things. Yeah. The reason Paul gave that last dunk a 12, I think like four of those points are just for the little shimmy at the end. I wish yeah. I could do any of this stuff and not look <laughs> well, see, That's what I was going to say. I'm going to give all these a 10 because I appreciate things I can't do, like waiting tables or 
three sixty between the legs. You know. Um, yeah. the, the other thing is that um, the dunk contest is always like mired by the idea by the fact that people miss like six dunks and then make it, and you can't yeah, do this sure. after you, after it's your seventh attempt. Was that always <laughs> happening? Like. <laughs> I know, like everything we have, everything's on video now, and it's all shared, and, and we're all watching it live. But were guys like, were guys better at this in the past when this was a bigger? Uh, no, I saw Birdman's. Yeah, Birdman <laughs> missed like eight times in a row or something. Is that that right? was really the start. That is the beginning of the end of the dunk contest. That was before he was Birdman, though. One. So he was he was a completely different person. Though. Yeah, we I, haven't really had a good. <laughs> we, have we ever had a good Nuggets showing in a dunk contest? I'm. Will Barton did not yeah, have a good yeah, show. Yeah, did not work the, out, the, did it? Well, actually, you know what people don't remember is Birdman was in two years back-to-back. -back. It's the second one everybody remembers where he's terrible. The first year, he was actually pretty good. He was actually pretty good. I know nobody remembers that one because of how bad the next one was. But So I think Klee gave that one a 10. Eric, what would you give that last dunk? I mean, you know, it's I'm the attitude. The, the attitude, <laughs> like, uh, as far as, like, everything we've seen, like, that one gets, like, a like a 8. That's an 8. Wow. <laughs> do it, do it, guy. <laughs> The German, the West German judge. Yeah, the, the D-Wade What judge. are you talking about? Wind, what would you rate that dunk? That's a 10. That's a clear 10. That's a 10 in any dunk contest. I mean, if any, any of these that have been clipped are going to be a 10, right? But yeah, they, these in, are like in, the best. I'm giving this a 9. I'm well, giving this a 9 because the dunk contest, it's set up for you. The in-game uh, dunks are better. I'm giving it a 9. All right. All right, let's watch some more sweet dunks before we move on. Up top the corner, with a right-handed monster jam! This corner, soaring to the heavens here in the City of Angels! Oh, baby, what a play by Eric Taylor! Yeah, I'll that give that a... Eight and a half. I'm giving really? it a seven. For him to have to reach back like that, the in, I thought the in-game dunk already got the, the point bump by you. Whoa. Eight. Eight for Mars. What say I'm you? I'm giving play? that one a nine. That's a nine for me. Man, you guys are tough. I hope, I hope you don't grade my writing. <laughs> I do. I just don't send it to you. Yeah, I'd, give, I'd give your writing a 10, Paul. I'd give it a 10. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I was an 11. Oh, wow. wow. Eric, did wow. you rate that lower than the dunk before? Yeah, because it's the dunk contest versus the in-game, like yeah, the criteria that you Fair established. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> right, I, think we got, I think we got two more. Let's do it, guy. 20 from downtown this year. 20 of the... Oh! That one's really impressive. Ten. That's, a ten. that's a ten. Yeah, that's a ten. It's a clear that ten. Chris, that was Chris Mullen, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I also that's one of those times like who tries that? You right. know what I mean? Who's, like, who why, sees why two people beat? baseline and is like, I'll reverse this and I'll and I'll <laughs> double clutch it. Yeah, he's the uh Vince is the the curry of dunking. He does stuff oh, wow. you're not supposed to do. Fire take. Invented a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah, he's his like pump is actually it's like on intentional it's like he's avoiding two defenders it's but it's also just part of the artistry it's incredible form and function speaking of cool. who even tries that i think you have a good idea of what what the number one dunk is but, but let's take a look let's try a look here is vince carter with his first stop <laughs> let's go home let's go home baby. best dunk of all time a work yeah, of art. The, Kenny Smith is declaring the dunk contest over after the first dunk of the contest. He, he does that a lot. <laughs> and then he does it after the second after the dunk. First dunk. And the third, yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if they they just shut it down? They're like, well, all right, well, let's Kenny go. Kenny said it's over. Let's do a second three-point contest. Um, where's the Olympic dunk? 
Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I thought I sent it to Guy. I might not. Unreal. Is, so Adam says that's the best dunk of all time. Is it even the best Vince Carter dunk, though? Because that Olympics dunk, that that's might the be the most goat. disrespectful dunk I've ever, you could even conceive. Yeah. He invented a phrase. He invented the poster. Is this yeah. true? I, I just gave it to him. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so how tall is uh, how tall is Taco? Is he 7'2"? He's 7'6". No, six. he's 7'6". Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, like, like incalculable. <laughs> so Frederick Rice was 7'2", so... I mean, that's not as impressive, but like that's what um, who was not as Aaron Gordon as doing it in the dunk contest, <laughs> jumping the, over Taco Fall. The audacity to try to dunk over a seven footer in a game is is what makes that dunk. So I mean, part of what makes that dunk so impressive. But when we talk about a dunk, a dunk is artistry, and that dunk right there is just like it's poetry in motion. I, you could watch it in slow motion; it's just as beautiful as in regular speed. I, that to me is my favorite dunk. But there, there's I'm art. Trying to about Adam's golf swing. Oh, baby. <laughs> the, the artistry of the right. disrespect. The disrespect in yeah. that Olympic dunk like, supersedes the artistry. It's like, it's like again, like you, who would even think to do that? Like, if you see a seven-footer in front of you where you're like, I'll just jump over I'll him. just jump over him. <laughs> Shout out Kevin Garnett, who was the only person who seemed to realize in real time what just happened. If you yeah. watch that video, he's appropriately hyped. Yeah, there yeah, and then Vince almost, like, punches him in the face. He's so excited. And then, Antonio and then, and then was on that team. his foot twice. Unbelievable. I can't believe All right, we don't have so that queued up. I was going to line this up with the break. Didn't work. I do not have a smooth segue for this. So we'll <laughs> just take, hard, a, let's take a hard left turn. Um, Paul, there was one question we really wanted to ask you tonight. Several questions, but but I'll just lead with this. It's the title of our show. Does Nikola Jokic yes. is positive test. Does that change your perspective at all on the NBA's restart? And, and also, what segue. is your perspective? That was on a you? rough, rough segue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did not know what to do with that, man. No, that's the question of the week, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I give this a lot of thought. I have a lot of time to think these days. That's why we have you on, brother. On the river, yeah. Yeah. That's where the best stuff comes from is on the river. I bet, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's probably what's, what's missing in, uh, in my writing. I'm not out on the river. <laughs> hey, it's a standing opera, Harrison. I'd love to get out there with you, man. I got all the stuff. Man, let's do it. I've been trying to get that invite for so long. Sorry, <laughs> we'll talk about it after the show. I, you know, I, I don't want to dance around this. It doesn't. It, it yeah. really doesn't. And if I understand the argument that the health issue, I I sent a couple of messages out to Nuggets people, and I I think it's an advantage. Mm. I do, and I don't want to trivialize what this illness means whatsoever. You know, my my wife works in an ER. I'm not going to do that. Right. Um, but healthy men of his age, a world, you know, he's a world-class athlete we're talking. I'm talking Joker now. <laughs> it, I don't think it's going to affect him. And I would rather, if we are going to jump into this crazy idea that is the NBA bubble, have your players get it before. Now, I, I know people can take that the wrong way, but – it's also from the numbers, you know, I've looked at the numbers extensively, the Florida numbers in particular, and just one, for example, the hospitalizations under the age of 54, it's 0.01% of the population there. You're twice as likely to get eaten by an alligator or get in a car accident, God bless it, hope you don't, then get hospitalized, not die in Florida. 
So the numbers suggest that I'm all right with it. Now, I hope the Joker's okay. I hope all the people that are dealing with it are okay. I really do. This is a hard, hard deal. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't change my perception of this event. I think it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. I'm very excited for it. And um, it doesn't change my perspective on it. And Matt Moore had a great line the other day where he said, you have to balance the your anecdotal evidence because we see if you're on social media a lot, you'll see people posting like this healthy 12 year old ended up in a coma or this this thing happened. And these are the anecdotal stories that are true. And you have mm -hmm. to take those as information because that's part of the equation. But then you have to take what you said, and this is my opinion as well, you have to take what you said, which is let's look at all of the statistics of everybody in the U.S. and what are the risks. You weigh both of those things, and not just you, the players themselves weigh both of these things mm -hmm. in the NBA trying to make take as many safety precautions and speak to as many people as they have. Um, you know, you I, I just see a lot of people say, well, look at the numbers in Florida, look at this, look at the look at this anecdotal story. Those things are part of it. But the NBA is also doing a lot of things to make the odds in their favor for this and the odds in their players' favor so that the risk is as small as possible and then allow players to decide on that. They also yeah. built this in structurally, right? This time for players to test positive, figure 100%. out what the next step is, quarantine, and, and, and give it a shot and give it a go. <laughs> and so, you know, I think there are a lot of people who have on principle stances on this issue, and maybe those haven't changed, but you know, for your perspective to change because a player tested positive, no one should be surprised. The right. NBA is not surprised. And this is built into the plan, whether or not it's a good one. Right. There's just something with that, the shock of hearing a player's name associated with the illness yeah. that, that makes it more about, it takes it out of that uh, statistic to that anecdotal side where it's like, then you can think about an actual player that you see play all the time that you think about their lives like what will the long-term effects of this be what i mean like all of those questions obviously we don't have answers to but you know then the other side of this is obviously like you know at some point life must return um is this life basketball and for me it is but uh, um it's just i don't know it's like all of these weird questions where you just real life smashes into your ideals and, and things you're talking about in the abstract and so it's just a strange situation I, it, it doesn't change it for me either but i can mm -hmm. see how it would for others yeah and um oh sorry no i was just gonna say um i think i think one thing that we haven't talked about really is that yeah there's the players aspect of this but there are like gonna be twice or three times as many staff and team personnel mm -hmm. there as there are players. And yeah, right now the cases in Florida are out of control and I haven't seen anything from um, like the NBA on how they're going to be testing the staff that's going to be in the hotels and working there and whatnot. Um, so like, like you have the players and I don't think anybody is like that worried about the players, but there's still everybody else too. Right. Yeah. There's still everybody yeah. else. God, I think every, every single thing that we are approached with at this point in, in time is just confusing and difficult and there's no clear answers. And it's just sort of like, you have to um, just understand what the risks are and then act responsibly. And that's really all that we can do. You know? Yeah. This is, it's well said because I don't think that um, I think it's easy to come up with a really absolute opinion on this. And I don't think there is something that we know for sure. I do know that these franchises in this league are invested 
billions of dollars in this operation, meaning the players, the salaries, everything. And I, this is a very risk averse league, whether that's from making trades, whether it's from, um, you know, their stances on societal issues. They're very, it's a very safe league. And I don't think that's going to stop once they enter this (laughs) wild ass bubble idea. (laughs) That's what it is, man. I, I don't know how this thing's going to play out, but I'm going to watch every minute of it. I went in there so bad. I can't even tell you how bad I want to give you that bubble. <laughs> right. Sports are going to be something different, um, something other than normal for for who knows how long. And, and yeah. maybe the absence of sports or, or this, whatever this is, this hiatus might, might even change certain perspectives on sports and, and the role they play in society. Um, we've already seen some, some players in the NBA from the social unrest angle also sort of reconsider their responsibilities here. Um, Paul... I, this is sort of an impossible question to, to answer, but like can, we pro, can we project <laughs> any sort of permanent changes in sports from from this pandemic, not just the pandemic itself, but what time off from sports might do to, to our perspective? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I, I think it's a couple of things because I think the two sides of that are how it's going to change from a fandom perspective and how it's going to change from the athlete's perspective perspective. The NBA, we know, is a very um, conscious league. They're very aware of what's going on around them. And then from the fans' perspective, I'm interested in seeing how certain sectors of the fandom respond to a lot of the, uh, whether it's the protests, the stances that these guys take. Uh, I saw it in the NFL. You know, I was in Buffalo with the Broncos when most of the team knelt that day. And it was fascinating to hear the difference from the locker room to the tailgate. <laughs> Those were two very different yeah. reactions to that. Mm. So for better or for worse, both aspects I think are going to change after this. Yeah. And um, I think that's the best answer I could come up with in terms of the, the games themselves. I, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with my friend Jay Cornegay. He's a he runs a huge sports book out in Las Vegas. My question was, how are you going to set the lines on these things? Yeah, <laughs> oh no kidding. I mean, you're not you're not talking about a usual situation where games one and two are being played in the Forum or at Staples, and you know the Lakers are winning both those. <laughs> right, right. All of a sudden, you don't have a home court advantage, and how does that change the betting lines? So. I think there's a lot of different things that are entirely unpredictable with yeah. this bubble idea. Not even to touch on just positive results throughout the tournament, right? Yeah, you know, right, right. You set lines before that happened, so yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I want to see what Matt Moore how he handles that man. He's going to be so interesting. With the I'm sure, very network. calmly. That's I'm sure true. he'll handle it very. <laughs> no, but I love his stuff. I mean, I love his stuff, and of I course, love how yeah. he breaks down betting lines and this factor and this factor stuff that you know. Yeah. knuckleheads like me don't think about it. So I'm excited for that part, too. I wonder yeah. if you could bet on LeBron, but you'd be fine because if LeBron got it and was out there, we'd just cancel <laughs> get, the playoffs anyway. <laughs> yeah, right there. But I have to <laughs> say, vote uh, to your question, though, before, like, there, there's something so... Um, I, I've mentioned this before, but there's something so intrinsic to who we are that sports represent. Like, we've gone through pandemics before. You can see back when the Spanish flu hit and they had to have people sitting in baseball stadiums just 
all dispersed. Uh, we've gone right. through civil unrest. Every time that there is a pandemic, there's always uh, like civil unrest that follows because it just sort of resets everybody's worldview and, and um, it's seen as an opportunity to change things. Um, sports will absolutely be back. Like it, it, sports are going to always be the same thing that they are. I mean, at a certain point, like sports are a celebration of life itself. You know, being able to focus on frivolity um, and also celebrate. Um, you know, the exceptionalism that exists in human beings um, is something that will never, ever go away. It's just it's definitely going to take a hit. And people right now, um, when things are taken away and it's not in your face all the time, you sort of forget what it meant to you. I've heard people sort of argue that point that maybe this will um, change the overall perspective people have on sports and it will make it less important in society. But I, there's just no chance. It's just sports has have existed the entire time that human beings have existed and well, it's, sports it's not going to change they do provide those emotions those those feelings that you need and sometimes those feelings are very negative i mean they're incredibly painful but you know i i i imagine the first like great jokic pass or jamal murray step back jumper oh it's like God. what that's going to feel like it's going to be a feeling i haven't had for 4 months that's not to say <laughs> i've been dead. miserable for 4 although it hasn't been the best but it's it's just that there's a specific feeling you get from the yes. just like randomness of sports that I do think people need might be carrying a little bit, doing a little bit too much work there, but it is a part of us. It really is something that I think people get a lot of value. People like myself get a lot of value out of, and I do think people, it'll be a welcome return when it, when and and if it does happen. I cannot wait. I do. I mean, I do think there will be more room for nuance though, in this dialogue going forward about, I think the key word has been important. Are sports important? Do we need them? And then also what can we expect? Should we expect from our athletes? Are there any obligations for them who, who find themselves in a, the position of, of maybe a leader or a role model? And, and I, you know, I'm curious if or, or how at all that's changed in the last 15, 20 years, you know, especially for, for you guys that are a little older than me, if you've seen that evolution at all. Older. Is that, are you in that club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, um, just... Things right now, I mean, not the, everything in life feels like you're re-examining it. Like every single portion of your life, like you're like, do we need to go to an office? Right. Do yeah, we need to? True. Do we need like like nothing? Nothing about our our lives that we constructed right. make any sense because, you know, the the fragility of it is just so evident when everything gets knocked off its axis so completely like it has been, um, and you're able to continue life in, in some form like we've, we've done. You're like, well, but we're not going to, like, this is a weird existence that we're all in, right? Like, I don't see anything that we're doing right now really carrying over um, once we get to the point where we feel comfortable again, once there's a, a vaccine involved, and it's not like a, it doesn't feel dangerous to go outside anymore. I mean, normal, it, we will come back to where, how things were. It, it wasn't an accident that we lived the way that we did it. it we did it, 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 it formed itself. You know what I mean? We weren't, we weren't adhering to some larger plan. But some things won't go back. Companies You're won't right. go back to offices. You know, that's just gonna uh, be like a thing. Uh, uh, a lot of companies will, will not have like people in offices because they've seen now that you just can work remotely and it's fine. There's, there, there's so there will be some that. stuff that is permanent be, because of this for sure. I wonder if our jobs and roles in this ecosystem change at all, too, as the NBA kind of rolls out a product with media will be there, but it, it won't really quite be the same thing. And we haven't really we haven't had a ton of access lately. And, and I'm wondering if if any any sort of organizations finish mm -hmm. up this season thinking, like, do we need that? Does that need to be a part of this circus? Right. 
I think one thing I got the other day, I'll make this short, but I, I think high school coaches are a great um, kind of magnifying glass on what's going on with the next generation. So I was doing a story that called me the other day on high school baseball, college baseball and stuff. I talked to a bunch of high school baseball coaches, and they said, well, think about it. You know, kids can't play right now. They can't compete against other teams in Colorado because it's a maximum of 25 people. And then they can't go home and watch Nolan and Chuck and Trevor and yeah. Freeland. So yeah. what previously was the most important thing to a 16-year-old was, you know, picking grounders and taking BP. That's been taken away. Hmm. And it's all of a sudden that's not the most important thing anymore. So does it go away completely? I, of course not. But is it changed? I do think it's changed. Yeah, it's it probably just for those kids, though. Like, I, Yeah, I but that's for everybody, though, because I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and this was going to be the first year for my three-year-old to play yeah. soccer, and my five-year-old is just kind of a second opportunity to try some different sports and this or that, and it really will be a full calendar year, I think, before this happens. And you think a kid from five to six, thats I know it sounds weird, but I know uh, <laughs> that's Brendan Harris said no, no children, but I'm telling you, from five to six, it's a big, it, it feels weird to give up a full year in that mm -hmm. regard, but it, it, it's inevitable. And I do think it has an impact. If you guys haven't gotten in on WGT, this is the weekend you want to get in. We've got two country clubs going at it, DNVR one and DNVR two how you get in a dnvr country club on wgt just download the game wgt world golf tour the best phone game out there the best sports game out there definitely the best golf game out there it's super realistic over 20 million players play it including all of us at dnvr but download that from dnvrgolf.com there's a link to download wgt there and search for the dnvr2 country club dnvr then the number two that's how you can get entered into all of our tournaments. We've got one coming up this weekend where you can take on me. You can take on Adam. You can take on Vote, D-Line. Even some of our guests that we've had on the pod have gotten in on WGT with us as well. So download WGT Golf from dnvrgolf.com and search and enter the DNVR2 Clubhouse. And while you're at it, sip some Strava Craft coffee on the side. Maybe it helps calm you down if you're feeling the pressure on this wgt tournament we've got coming up this weekend we take these things seriously it's no joke so if you're feeling some nerves if you need to settle in relax a little bit maybe heat up a pot strava craft coffee maybe you like it cold it's probably gonna be pretty nice this weekend so maybe uh an iced coffee is more your style but you can get strava craft coffee and it's packed with cbd which helps calm some of those nerves and relaxes you a little bit. You can get it for 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 online at StravaCraftCoffee.com. And CBD doesn't only just help with stress, can also help with aches and pains, IBS. If you have migraines that have annoyed you for a lot of your life, CBD can help out with that. And StravaCraft Coffee has a ton of CBD in it. Again, you can get it for 20% off when you use the code DNVR20. Well, actually, one, one other turn, though, here. Sure, I want to sure. ask, no, because I want to ask, Paul, I haven't talked to Paul for four months. I have to ask uh, you about it. It's, the uh, other did, option was online you, with D-Line, so but, for the love of God, okay, yeah. keep Did going. you stop caring about Paul, though, when he was gone for those four I haven't months? stopped caring about Adam. <laughs> See, oh, thank you. Like, so as cute. soon as it comes back, it comes cute. back, uh, baby. No, but, but the Nuggets are getting ready to enter this tournament, and I feel like anything can happen. 
there'll be a giant asterisk next to no matter whatever whatever it is that comes out of this there'll be an asterisk whatever i don't care what's your impression on this the nuggets chances here and what are you interested to see in this bubble uh two things okay and uh, this these are two bullet points one i want to see beach body joker (laughs) no kidding and and here's why because those those seven games against the blazers the most interesting conversation i had was after game seven it was with the two big guys from Portland. Now I've known Myers Leonard since he was only that much. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> okay, he, lad. He, yeah, he got in my Ford Ranger. Was that age seven or yeah. how old was that? <laughs> yeah, but he he and Zach Collins, both of them, Gonzaga legend, black. Yeah, I yeah, knew that. Yeah. They. I asked them what the problem is with Joker. Like, what's what's why is he so difficult? Of all the different things you could pick from. And they responded with, how much do you think he really weighs? Mm. And I said, I don't know, 270, 280, something like that. And both of them said, there's no way he's under 300 pounds. Yeah. And, <laughs> Strong agree. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. I really don't. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't, think I don't, think, I don't know if it matters. I don't know if it matters. November. But it was a testament to they couldn't get around him. Yeah. Right? You know, you, you have no angle, anglage, yeah. anglage. You yeah. can't. <laughs> You can't move him. Yeah, so it's a tree trunk in there. He's doing his octopus, you know, water polo stuff, and you you don't have a chance. So I want to see how that plays out now that he's slimmed down. Does that impact him negatively or influence him positively? I don't know, but that's that's one thing I want to see. <sighs> do, you, do, you, do you have a prediction about the positive or negative impact of this weight loss? This is going to sound like, you know – I don't know what it's going to sound like, man, but I don't think it's going to matter. I, I think his skill set is so unique and so dynamic that I think his IQ is so different. You know, yeah. when the, the Serbian coach came to practice last year. I can't remember his name, but it was he said he's always been a problem every way, no matter what his body type was, because his skill set is so advanced and his IQ is so high. Yeah, he sees the game so well. And I think that's going to translate no matter what his body looks like. I think he's going to be fantastic again. It's the two and the three guys that I think determine whether these guys win a couple series, Jamal and, and Michael Porter. What do you think of those guys? I mean, what are, and what are you looking for specifically from them in this tournament? They got to guard consistently. I know that's pretty general. Um, but I think Porter's got to be a big part of what they do. I really I do. I do, too. I one think he's got to be a one big part um, of what they do. I think there's a gap once you get to the L.A. teams. Um, if you don't have good Porter or he's not a significant contributor, I don't think you can beat those guys. Um, I think Porter's a big key there. You know, Murray the other day, he sounded like he's been working. He sounded like he's fired up. I think this bubble is kind of like the NIT. It's okay. the True. most Paul Klee take ever. <laughs> I, I love the NIT. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. It's a problem. <laughs> but, i don't miss an it games and the reason is one, wow. it's, it's a gambling perspective because i think you can pick games where you say kentucky don't want to play at robert morris tomorrow uh, yeah. <laughs> they might lose and they did air yeah. force really wants to play in the nit they don't get to do this very often so i think yeah. there's the potential for some weird stuff happening someone getting up 2-0 on a one or two seed and those guys just say I want to go home. I've been here too long. So. I want to hop in an Uber and get the hell out of here. <laughs> and right. I do That's wonder true. how much That's we see point. of that in the NBA playoffs this year. I guess that was your point, right, Paul? Or, yeah. 
yeah, I think we might though. Honestly, yeah. there's a real thing where we're talking three months. So it is a yeah. really long time, and we're actually talking, I think, six or seven weeks before family members can arrive. I I do think there's going to be something around week four, week five, that there's going to be some players better equipped, just from a personality standpoint, a life experience, whatever it is, better equipped to be in that moment than others. And some players might be four weeks into this, where game three of the first round of the playoffs, and there's some guys that are pulling their hair out because they're just so emotionally <laughs> drained. And right. I don't blame them. I don't know how I would respond to that scenario. Bubble but fatigue. it is a variable. Bubble fatigue. That's those be a first word. those first two games, man. I think they're I think they're everything. Of every series, if you mm. can go in and steal two, Set when you're not supposed to, I don't even know if it's stealing because you're on a neutral court. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. take it, just but winning two, two man. <laughs> guys might look around and say, "Hey, I can do, you know, I can be more productive in the social justice causes that are important to me. I can right. be back with my wife and you know two kids." Right. I don't know how they're going to react, and that's why it feels like an NIT situation to me in a positive uh, yeah. way. I couldn't agree more. It's like you go up 2-0, but then you're not going home for two more games. You're not going back to your home court. Right. Yeah. Like you, right. You're like, uh. Yeah, it's funny. They, everyone makes such a big deal, and appropriately so, of the mental grind that is competing for a title. That is a mm-hmm. different grind structurally. Is like, Adam, I like the way you put it. I think we might find different guys are, are cut out for this. Don't we feel like the Nuggets have a lot of guys who are cut out for this? Well, they're young. Yeah, young There's, guys. Yeah, young, young guys. guys is big, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, like when I'm away from my kids and wife for like a day, I'm just kind of like, oh man, this is great. Like a little, like I don't have to do all the responsibility, all this stuff. It's great. Then two days, it's like okay, whatever. By about four days, three four days, I'm like, man, this is miserable. I can't wait to get back, <laughs> and I want to FaceTime and do all the, you know, be on 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 there. And we're talking about seven, six, seven weeks. That's it, it's really hard, I think, to to really put yourself in there. And then on top of that, we're talking about emotionally draining seven weeks. We're not just talking about you're going and playing basketball and having a jolly old time. We're talking yeah. about your legacies on the line. Oh, you know, Joker didn't play well in game one. Is he choking? Is he doing this? And then you got to go back to your hotel and just be by yourself. I mean, those those are real challenges. Hey, man, th- think about this. Th- those days, they're going to be really long. Oh yeah, you're going to be on social media. Oh, Non-stop. No. Oh, They're no. going to so, see all our tweets. Jeez. Yeah, don't use full names, guys. Just company calls. I mean, that's a factor here. It, seeing yeah. that, it, it might be the teams with the fewest vices. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. Knows? It, could, it really could be. I'll tell you, I'm doing something where I'm watching the 2014 Spurs, which and retroactively calling my favorite team of all time. It wasn't at the time, but it is now, especially watching them and doing this deep dive. Whenever you go back and watch a finals, you're reminded of how good you have to be to win a championship. Ooh. The level of basketball is so impressive. I know. And sometimes we sit here and we talk like, can the Nuggets win a championship? They're so good and they can do this or that. And then you watch an actual championship team and you go, oh, yeah, they don't make mistakes <laughs> on defense ever. They play at 100% intensity and they're also super talented. Right. That team you singled out, though, like there might be more ruthless execution in that unit than any – yeah. than any basketball team they've ever seen, right? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. But maybe a blueprint for this Nuggets team. They would have to play their absolute best, wouldn't they? Well, true. No matter what the scenario is, that's she can No, no, but I mean, like, it, that's the thing. Like, they're not just going to walk backwards into a tie. Like, they would need to peek out oh, that Spursian sure. ideal. I'm so, and, I'm and so interested. I just cannot wait to see what this basketball looks like. I, I mean, all of these factors you're, you're bringing up make complete sense. But then maybe there, there's something to the uh, idea that you're so – 
uh, focused in on the goal that uh, it it makes it easier because you're you don't have all these you're not traveling you're not uh, you know you, maybe your family is is bothering you for tickets and all these things that you oh don't. yeah well one thing I always wonder about too is forward momentum with teams and and I always wonder this would be a great question to ask a coach and just was there a moment in in the season or early in the playoffs where it was like that moment didn't seem significant but if we didn't get that we wouldn't have got to the next level which got us to the next level the next one and maybe a team like Denver there's something that happens in this bubble that's like a light clicks and it's like oh yeah now we just leveled up in real time to a better team than what we've ever been before and that momentum propels you to just keep going and the, the opposite is true where that moment doesn't happen and you just kind of stay where you are and you never improve nothing ever really changes or maybe you get a little bit worse so I, I'm, I'm a big believer in those moments in, in sports that that really are, are pivot points is there any way that we can talk we will have been able to talk about this the amount of time we've talked about this and have it live up to our expectations yes if if they make it through if this thing goes through and gets to a conclusion it will meet every expectation i ever had for it like if they just get through it like i think we should just throw a championship party at the bar the nuggets don't have to win just if we make it to the championship every every game they win is a championship as far as we're, we're concerned a big thanks, big shouts to Paul Klee for, for driving back and joining us tonight. A pleasure, right brother. Missing Thank you so much. That was super fun. It's great to see you guys. Really and good shouts to, to all of you yeah, for thanks, uh, watching, listening, commenting, laughing with us. Let's do it again tomorrow, Friday show. We'll talk to you at noon. Until then, peace. Be good, everybody. Oh, oh, we're going to do oh. this one. Oh, oh, we found it. There, oh, that's the best of Look at the, the leg shake. Look at how pixelated it is. It's so crazy. <laughs> look at and this leg shake. It doesn't even look hair. like Vince Carter. <laughs> wow. Oh, Not the Vince Carter, I know. Oh, my goodness. It is impressive. That is the disrespect. If you guys are feeling stressed during this quarantine, if you got some aches and pains that you don't normally have and you're like, what's going on? Like, What's going on with my body? Check out StravaCraft Coffee because StravaCraft Coffee is packed with CBD and CBD has been proven to help cure some of those aches and pains you might have. If you've ever had trouble with long-term migraines, uh, CBD can help with that as well. IBS, another popular one that CBD helps with. And StravaCraft Coffee is packed with CBD. If you go to StravaCraftCoffee.com, you can get 20% off of your order when you use code DNVR20. It's great in the morning, it's great hot, it's great cold, super versatile, and you can get Strava Craft Coffee in K-Cups for your Keurig, you can get it whole bean, you can also get it ground. So they make it super easy for you. So again, go to StravaCraftCoffee.com and purchase it online for 20% off using the code DNVR20.